Hello, Strat fans. This is Stratology, the show for and by students of Stratomatic. I'm your host, Jimmy James, and today we'll travel around the diamond to first base as we continue our position-by-position series. So sit back, grab your cards and dice, and let's roll! Tournament Play Just a quick touch on the big three tournaments in Strat 365. Both the Players' Championship and the Barnstormers are in the semifinals. That's the top 36 for the Players' Championship and number 10 through 81 for the Barnstormers. One through nine already have made auto bids into the finals. The next exciting date that will be coming upon us will be the sign-ups for the Mystery Tournament. I'm going to call John this week, find out when those signups are going to start, but they're going to be starting very soon, so start playing your warm-up teams in Strat 365. Okay, we'll be back in just a sec. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Strat of the Round Table. Today with me is Sir Peter. Hey there, how are you? Sir Dave. Damn, how you doing today? And Sir Charles. Looking forward to the show, James. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Today we are going to continue our series on our positions. We're going to go on around the diamond today to first base. So, I have a couple of quick poll questions for you guys here. First one is, is first base a big part of your strategy? Sir Charles, what about you? Big part of your strategy? Not. Not any bigger or less big than any other position. This is the way I look at it. Okay. What about you, Sir Dave? Big or little? Um, I would agree with that. It's, it's, um, it's about the same as any of the other. Maybe a little bit less. Maybe a little bit less in some positions. So what about you, Sir Peter? How big of a part of your strategy is first base? Uh, it's really not that much a big part of my strategy. Uh, first baseman is usually the seventh or eighth position that I'll, I'll draft during a uh, when I'm picking my team. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's not really, it's not a really a big part of mine either. Okay, let's go back around, and this question is offense versus defense for you, Peter. Which is more important, offense or defense? Yeah, I, I know this is again, this is kind of a cop out, but it's it's somewhere in the middle. Um, obviously, you want to get power uh, and on base from your first base position. But I will always I will always look at that sorted by defense because I know a lot of people don't worry about defense when it comes to first baseman. So I feel it gives me a leg up. So uh, it's more of a it's 50 50 depends on the set, depends on the type of team I have. But uh, I, again, I'm always a defensive forward guy. Okay. What about you, sir, Dave? Offense or defense? Uh, by far offense. Defense is a bonus. Um if I get any defense out of my first base, and I'm just looking for a bopper there, but I mean, big time. That's exactly what I'm looking for. What about you, Sir Charles? I think that defense is a bonus. I'm always looking for offense for my first base, but like if it's you're playing a certain season and you're drafting, you're making your own teams, if you're playing in a league like that and there's power in other positions, it's okay to grab like a Rico Bronia. And get that one at first base. We've got the middle numbers. That's the only time I'm really looking at defense or first base. Yeah, that, that's a good point right there. I probably am much more about offense at first base than defense at first base. I think it really comes down to the fact that there's only two times on the pitcher's card that it uh, out of the the 108 chances or whatever it is that uh, it ever hits that. So I probably go. Uh, I, I favor on the offensive side myself. Okay, so this first section I want us to go into, since we talked mostly that we wanted offense, let's talk about the defense. <laughs> so let's go around. What are the things that you're looking for in a defensive first baseman? Really talking especially about range versus air rating. So what about you? What about you, Sir Dave? What do you think? What are you looking for in defense? In the deep, it's definitely range. I'm not really too worried about the E because I think the E does less damage at first base um, than at other positions. So if I am going to go for defense, it'll be the range. It'll, um, you know, again, like if you do get a one or two, that's fine. But I'm not really worried about it. But range would be the number one thing um, between that and uh, the E rating. That's me. What about you, Sir Peter? Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I actually do look at the error rating, uh, the, 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 the error rating, uh, the uh, more so than the range. Now, again, I will typically do my best to draft at the worst, a three at first base, but you know, the error rating is important. Obviously, like you said earlier, the chances of the first baseman fielding a ball are, are drastically less than most in other infield positions. So, you know, a, Three E six is definitely uh, preferred to a a two E sixteen, uh, just simply because the amount of times you know when you when you weigh out those those chances that he's going to get the ball, uh, the error will probably will affect that more so than the range. What about you, Sir Charles? Again, it's just you know it's just gravy. Out of all eight positions, you know. Uh, Third base and first base would be the ones that I would punt if given a choice. I mean, of course, I'd like to have ones and twos and E6s at every single position on the field. But, um, you know, sometimes there's some give or take involved. 
I would say for for me, if I'm looking at the defense, I very much favor a better error rating than a range. I you know I, what I played mostly for card and dice. I use the uh, advanced defensive rules, and whenever I was always looking at that, you know, it's it's half of the chances for first baseman are errors. I mean, it's it's like one through five, and you know, fifteen through twenty is the chance for it to be based on the range. But half of those chances are error ratings, and you take a look at the numbers off of somebody who has a something like an air eighteen or an air twenty five at first base. It, it is it is most of the time, you know. I mean, it's like an on an air twenty or like on a 9 and an 11 only something like that it's not an error i mean it's almost always an error if you're if you're at at the point of 18 plus it's it's they're error factories so i think i would rather now of course you know a 1 and a 2 are great but like you said i think that's complete gravy is a good term for it but if i would much rather much much rather have somebody who is a 4 E3 than a 2E25. I think I think I'm much better off with that really low error rating just because there's going to be a lot of balls that are going to be outs that would be error chances. And I just think it's so often. You were going to say, Dave? One of the things that I'm looking at also in range is kind of like a hidden a hidden number in the infielder's range. And that's the the ones that you don't get the double play. You only get the force play. You get the force play. You know you get the you get the ground ball C, which what used to be called, and then the runner advances. Um, and also with the range two, is you're holding runners on all the time. So if you have an asterisk there, that that the runner the, the the range goes down one. So that's another factor with the range. And again with errors, I I don't know if there's I guess there is maybe two base errors somewhere, but m- most of the time you're going to get a one base error. You're not going to be throwing it into right field. Uh, like the other positions uh, can do. Mm. That's right. why that's that's another reason I put range on. I just thought of that when you. Oh yeah, dude. That's why we want to. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're talking about it. You guys got anything else about defense you want to say there, Sir Peter, or Sir Charles? Yeah, I th- yeah. So you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're we're talking about with the errors. Most people, again, when you when you're going to look at. Uh, first baseman. Everybody's going to talk about your power position, your power position. I mean, I, I, I kind of think that, you know, obviously there are certain errors where uh, your power position uh, is going to come from first base and there was literally zero consideration for defense. But, you know, it, it, in today's, especially some of the newer sets, the 90s, the the 2000 sets and and a lot of the, you know, the, uh, the 2015s and, and, and up, there is a lot of great defense to be had at first base. And, and again, that emphasis, that old school mentality that all your right fielders have to do, right fielders and first basemen have to do is show up with their bat. Uh, I mean, I am not in a, uh, I'm not in a school of thought to give up errors anywhere on the field. So there is a lot of offense that can be had at first base I will sort when I am looking, especially for a 365 draft, I will sort my first baseman by defense and look for on base percentage. So, you know, and I'm, and I'm talking about guys like Don Mattingly in the 90s set who, you know, he's not the, the classic Don Mattingly, but he has high on base 
um, you know, high average, uh, you know, good amount of doubles, not necessarily home one run power, but there's a lot of offense to be had without sacrificing defense. And I'm not the guy who likes to sacrifice defense anywhere on the field. Yeah. I find that I'm loading a strong defensive team. If I'm playing a season or I have a team that I'm focusing on defense and pitching, that's when I'll have a low, a very low and good fielding first baseman, low ratings, low E ratings. Um, and that's fine. But as Peter was saying, the seventies set, the sixties set, anything earlier than the eighties, you just need a bat at first base. There's just not, you know, your second base and shortstops in general, there's only a couple in each of those sets that can give you some offense. Yeah. Well, in fact, when I did my sixties for uh, the mystery tournament, both, I, I did it both, both times. I like to have defense actually, you know, uh, uh, somebody like, um, Oh, who was I? Who did I play this year? Uh, I can't think of it. Oh, my gosh. I saw your team. You had a, an entire all one infield, I believe. Yeah. Oh, dude, I cannot believe. I, I just can't. I keep I keep wanting to say a, a different person. I keep wanting to say George Scott. It wasn't George Scott. It was Bill White. Dang it. So I have I have Bill White at first base. So that one defense plus some pop there in that 60 set. Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep uh keep the men off the bases in that set. I think that goes very well with with what you were saying. And on the Mattingly point, there's so much other offense in that set. So I think what you're saying and what Tim was saying kind of match up very well there. Because like you said, you can get an on base and that defense out of Mattingly, and there's you can get that power from shortstop in that set. You know, so. Yeah. Why cut yourself short at first base on that defense if you're truly trying to keep guys off off the base paths? So, yeah, okay. Mark Grace is like a maddenly light. Oh, I agree. I agree very much. So, I agree very much. So, okay, guys, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. 
each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up. Strat of the Round Table. We are back. Again, I'm here with Sir Peter, Sir Charles, and Sir Dave talking about first baseman. Now we're going to talk about the offensive side. What is the most important thing for you? Okay, Sir Charles, what do you think? What What's the most important thing you're looking for in offense for your first baseman? You said this is... Oh. This is it, right? One of my one of my trade secrets is that um, also when I play fantasy sports, and fantasy baseball, and Stratomatic, I'm always looking for higher average and higher power and on base percentage less of that. Um, so uh, I usually kind of go. So I don't usually draft a lot of the players with high OBP, but most of them are power guys. So. I first base, I definitely look for above average power. So if the if the average is 25, say for any particular year, I want my first baseman to have 30. And if you're looking for a league leader, like sometimes I'll just draft McGuire because it's fun to play McGuire. He's not my favorite player. He's not even my favorite prototype, but he's just fun to play. So uh first base power and uh batting average is uh you know right behind there. So why why average over on base? Um, I mean, obviously you want it's good to have both, but um, because the batting average part of it is it's just hits over at bats, so you're going to get extra doubles and triples and and homers. So you, you're almost doubling up on the homers too, because the homers will reflect on the average and in the homer category. So uh, it's like uh, you know. You're talking about walks versus doubles or, you know, singles or a wash versus walks. So it's always, you know, it's always that extra, uh, that extra base is the way I look at it. Okay. Okay. I could also see is sometimes needing a couple guys in that lineup that are going to be the guys that move them over more than one base. You know, guys that are going to get the single that moves them over two versus the walk that just moves them over one. I can see that at times. But, you know, you've got to have that man on base, too, before that strategy ever works. So you, I see, especially having your power hitter be that guy that has the average that can, can knock guys, you know, use his bat to move people around, even if he himself is not getting on. So Yeah, it's, it's so right obvious. If you're in a league with me and you look at the team stats, I'm always in the bottom 20% in walks. And then, but my on-base percentage isn't in the bottom 20% because the average will bring that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Sir Dave? What are you looking for for hitting for a first baseman? Power, power, and power. 
that's, I mean, that's the biggest power position. Um, and there's a lot of uh, players out there that you can get power with. What I'm also looking for to on base is not, I agree with um, Charles, it's not a big deal to me. Because one of the things, this goes to another strategy, but speed is a big thing for me when I play the game. So on base, if I'm going to get an on base guy, I want to go on base guy that can run. A one to eight or one to nine just clogs it up. I mean, gr granted, he's on base more, but he's going to clog up the base pass as well. He's going to go one base to one base to one base. An average, I agree with Charles, you can only get one RBI out of a walk. But on a hit, even if it's a single, you can get two or more and so on and so forth. So if I'm, these guys I want to drive in, they got to drive in runs. I don't care about the run scored for them. I want these guys to drive in runs. They're hitting fourth or fifth for me. So mm -hmm. that's where I want them to um, drive in um, a lot of runs. So it's all about power for me at that position. I have had years where the power didn't work out due to the draft or how my, my team and so on and so forth. And I'll get like a uh, Dan Dreesen, I think is a very underrated player. Um, a guy like that. And a guy like that can actually run too. Dan Dreesen, you know, so that's like a bonus too, and he's a decent defensive player as well. But overall, it's going to be power, power, and power, and driving runs. That's what I want them to do. Yeah, definitely. That fits kind of. That definitely fits in with what you had said before. Is about how how much it's going to be a big part of your offense. How about you, Sir Peter? Uh, it's actually funny. I I don't even look at the power uh, a lot of times when it comes to first base. Um, I very rarely will go for the McGuire, the, you know, the Giambis, obviously for the defensive reasons, but my, my, my first baseman typically tend to be in the top of the order. I don't uh, speed for me. Doesn't necessarily matter. I'm the, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the Billy bean guy. You know, all I care is about him getting on base. Uh, and, I, and I'm thinking about the guys like Mark grace. I'm thinking about, you know, my one of my favorite cards in any Stratomatic set ever is the Terry Franconis card in the 1982 set, which we're playing now. He he's he gets on base. It's like a 360 on base. He's a 302 average. He can't run, you know, for, for worth anything. He is always on base, and I'm a I, I I like to get my runs by compiling. by compiling walks and compiling singles, and then you have your big bopper. You maybe you know you have your uh, you know, your fifth and sixth guy. So my my fifth and sixth in the lineup are my power guys. So anyway, uh, when it, first base is my on-base and high average guy. My Keith Hernandez is, um, you know, those are the type of guys, the Mark Graces. Those are, and typically, those are my my, my guys who I, I try to stick in the two-hole. And and actually, even so, I've, I've used Cecil Cooper as a leadoff batter uh, in as well, especially when I know he's on that 1980 season. Um, and he's, you know, he's got a, a, a 390 on base percentage. Uh, yeah, he hits a lot of power, but I'll stack my lineup in such a way. I want that first baseman. And I, I do this also for another reason. Because typically when people are drafting first baseman, guys like Dave, they're drafting power, power, power. So I can build my team around a first baseman that I know is going to be defensively strong. And I know I'm going to get him most of the time. I, I very rarely don't get my first baseman when it comes to draft to drafting. So that's another reason why. But on base, on base, on base is my, my first baseman. Very good. I myself, because it is it's that low on my list of priorities, I take what I can get there unless it is in certain sets. 
but I must admit, I love that Cecil Cooper card. I love it. It is like I've hit I've hit three sixty with it before. I just yep. I just love that card to death. Good job, guys. That's it's nice funny, Peter. Every first baseman you mentioned is a lefty. Well, are all first baseman lefties? <laughs> yeah, no, lefty all the good batter. ones. Like I would think that like Kevin Euclid would be your ideal first baseman. He's a one zero. His power, his on base percentage is great, and he. If he wasn't a Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Actually, you know what though, Kevin Euclid, I'm trying to that's he's actually I think he's too overpriced. He mm. he usually usually by the time I get around to my first baseman, I've already I think that's the 2000 set. I've already spent my money. And it's usually it usually ends up you know my first baseman is 2000 set is always Albert Pujols. He's like the guy I break the mold with. He's the guy because he's it's an impossible card not to not to not to do well. You cannot not do well with that card. Did anyone see the 89 uh, Edgar Martinez card? The Against lefties, the entire three column is walks. The entire three column. Yep. Very cool. So, okie doke. We'll be right back with more after this. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. of the round table. So we are back. The next question I have for you guys is how often at first base do you guys deploy platoons? Okay, let's start with you, Sir Charles. If I'm going to platoon, first base is a good place to do it. First base tends to be a very deep position in almost any era. So if you don't get what you want, you can do an about face on your strategy. So platoons for first base can be a good idea. I remember getting a lot of mileage off of a, uh, who's the guy? Leon Wagner, you know, against right-handers at first base. And he just would club them. And then like he can at lefties, but like his card is only like 4 million if you're playing by millions. So first base is a good platoon position. The one risk that first base has, and I wanted to, Talk a little bit about what Sir Dave was saying. If you rely on first base for one thing, whether it's power, 
batting average, and that's what you're relying on, you don't get it at that position, that could screw up your whole strategy because you may not find it in the other positions. If you kind of use first base a little bit as an afterthought, you can kind of pick and play down, you know, the first baseman numbers 10 through 20 in the set. So platoon is good for first base. Yeah, I think so too. What about you, Sir Sir Dave? What about platoons at first base? Yeah, good platoons, or bad? Um, I've had that a lot of times, and one of the reasons is because of, um, I don't put too much stock in defense. A lot of times when you have platoons, especially the righty that can hit lefties, defense not as not so good. And and not only that, when you have platoons, you want lower priced players, so their defense is, isn't going to be as good. They can they're just basically all hitting. So. I do platoon at um, a decent amount of times at first base. Um, and another thing about first base, a lot of players play first base. You know, I mean, you can have outfielders, catchers, third base. I mean, they all, there's so many of them out there that you can even stick in there, even though if it's not their, their 425 or whatever, and it's not their main position or not even close to it, you can still yeah. stick them there if you're going to do a platoon. That's, first base is not a big guy. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can do a lot of opportunity, I guess you could say. So like what, what yep. you were saying, Charles, that's true. I think I probably under, um, I'm probably less important on, on first base as I let on to at the beginning, because I do, I kind of do my strategy. You know, you always do, you know, everyone does it differently, but a lot of it's up the middle. You want first and then you kind of branch out from there. But um, yeah, the, the first base, it's kind of like comes down to, where I'm at on my team, how's my team looking, do I have any power, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, I still look for that as being my, my main power position. But, like I said, platoons, yes, I will do them in a heartbeat. Yeah. What about you, Sir Peter? You know, I'm not a fan of platoons because I think it, it divides your um, – or it, it uh, waters down your effectiveness in each position. I think, you know, if you remember the you know our last – show when we talked about drafts, I, I mentioned that I want to get the most value out of each position. So I feel that platoons a lot of times water that down. However, uh, a lot of the times, again, your draft doesn't work out and you have to go that way. And first base is an, it is full of those four R's, those six L's at it. And so, especially for lower priced players, uh, you know, especially that 90 cents littered with them, you know, the, um, you know, you got John Cruck, which John Cruck's a little bit of a higher priced guy. Uh, you know, Sid Bream's a good example of somebody that you just platoon with. Obviously, everybody who plays, you know, uh, you know, uh, 365 knows about the Ron Coomer, you know, the Ron Coomer uh, first base uh, platoon. Uh, but there's, I'm not opposed to a platoon. I don't look for it, but I will. If if my draft doesn't go well, I'll immediately embrace that in the waiver wire, especially in some of the, you know, obviously the 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 80s and 90s. The 90s set is really where it's the most prevalent just because of the availability of, you can compile a really good first baseman between two players for about four to five million. Uh, and he's just as good as you know some of the guys I mentioned before, Mark Grace and Will Clark, and you can really get the best of both worlds. You do suffer sometimes when it comes to defense when you do a platoon for those reasons. A lot of times you are picking you know bottom of the barrel guys. You may have these guys who are very slanted against one one arm or the other, and typically those could be injury injury filled seasons. But platoon, if I do platoon, it will be at first base. But 
I, 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 I only do that in case of emergency. Well, um, on me, I usually, when I'm very first start looking at a set, I'm going to take a look and see what positions that can platoon. And the very first one I'm going to look at is going to be first base. So if I'm looking and I'm going to use, if we're playing on 365, I'm going to use the uh, player browser to look at all the five lefties and up. I'm going to look at all the four righties and up. That's the very first thing I'm going to do because I think that there's always a lot of guys, like you said, there's there's certain guys that just can't hit one hand. There's a bunch of guys, you'll, you'll have these righty first basemen that can really only hit lefties. Um, yep. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of my favorite guys, if I'm playing an all-time great set to get, is the 89 Galarraga. Got a one defense, and dude, he is just brutal against lefties. He can't hit righties for anything. But he's pretty cheap player. So if you're playing in a $100 million league, man, having a left-handed, uh, uh, a guy that can hit uh, against left-handed at first base, it's only $3 million, man. Man, he's going to literally be on all the time. And you can bring him in as a defensive replacement at the end of the game. So he's got, like, supreme value there. So yeah. it's really probably yeah. one of the first things I do is look for that platoon at first base. So... You gonna say Peter? And and I will say, yeah, the, I will say that the absolute one of the best team I've ever had was a '90s mystery team, won 103 games, and my first baseman was Hal Morris and Ron Coomer, and both of them. It was I think Hal Morris got his '94 card, and Coomer got his '90. I think it was his '97 card combined, and and, and it was only five million. I think combined the prices. That is just as good as. As a Giambi card, it's just as good as you know uh, the, the a Pujols card in the 2000 set. That that position absolutely matched. So uh, again, I don't look for I don't look for platoons at first, but when you can find the right one, it 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 it'll do you wonders. Well, and and I, it's tougher in mystery leagues to do that, but I, I agree that Morris. If you hit right on that Morris, you hit right on the Jeffries card. You hit right on a couple of them. You can literally have one of the best hitters against that hand in the in in the set, and yeah. you can get that for an incredibly low price. Yeah, you know it, it's just supreme value there. I think. Okay, and the second thing I wanted to get you guys' opinion on is first baseman by era. Uh, the reason I kind of thought of this aspect is I think that there are. Times when first basemen are super abundant in certain sets. And I think there are times when there is just almost no one. Like, I was looking at the 69 set, the one that just went away. You're talking about you have McCovey, Powell, Epstein. Then you're down to Allen's defense. After that is Carl Taylor and then Lee May. That's your top six. You compare that to 2010, Votto, Marneau, Adrian Gonzalez, Euclid, Cabrera, Fielder. Your 13th best is Texera. And dude, Carlos Pena with a 1D and 28 homers is the 18th. There's so much that I just think that's why I just don't put that value in certain sets. Now, I think, I think if you're playing in the 60s, it's extreme value. 
but I think you can go back before that. And again, you can find a bunch of first basemen if you're playing a, an earlier set or you're playing all-time greats. You can find some great first basemen from the 20s and 30s. So I think there's like a spot in history where first base is changes a bit. And I think that's actually when you have more power at catcher for a little while. And then it, I think it, then it comes back around to where you're starting to see you know, all those great hitters playing first base again, especially through those, you know, some in the late 80s, but the 90s and the up to 2010, bang, man, you have a, a whole bunch of great first basemen. So what do you guys think about the eras? Does it make a difference? I think it makes, uh, I think it makes a big difference based on other positions and other position availability as well. In uh, like the 60s set, sometimes you've got to give up defense to get your bat in there. And that's, you know, but that's the way the 60s were. Uh, you forgot a good card in 1969, which is one of those cards that with, with low at bats that just becomes a superstar, a strat superstar, but not a baseball superstar. That Greg Goosen card is yep. for 1969 is a, like, that's a, that's an all-star card, but like, who would know that? Like in, at, even as a, a real baseball strat fans know it, but do baseball fans know that Greg Goosen's the guy to have and the guy to watch in 1969? Yeah. Well, I, I actually didn't bring him up because I doubted very many people would have known and uh, known who he was for, for that point. But actually, you may have made that point even better than I did by bringing him up. Bringing him up, Sir Charles. What do you think, Sir Peter? What do you think about era to era? I mean, obviously... Yes, it absolutely matters. And I think it, it really depends on, uh, you know, you got to take the position based on error on, uh, I guess, on saturation of quality. You know, I mean, if you're in the 60 set, uh, you know, we talk about the 60 set for, you know, for shortstops. If you're if if you want if you're if you're a defensive forward guy thinking about shortstops in the 60 set, you got like four chances to get the get a good guy. And, and I think that's very similar for first baseman in a lot of sets, you know, uh, obviously in the 60, you know, the 60s set, if you're not going to, if, if you can't get your defensive forward guy, you're probably going to worry about, you're going to move forward and just go with your, your offense first and go heavy on offense and, and just make sure you, he can hit, you know, in the 90s set or in the 80s set, uh, you have a lot more, you have a lot more choices and you can be a little bit more um, risky when it comes to the draft. You don't necessarily have to, you know, put him higher up, uh, higher up on your draft list. And I think that's really where I'm getting with when it comes to certain errors. It really changes your philosophies on how you want to go about getting your first baseman. Just because based on, you know, the way I play, uh, first baseman at cert certain years, certain sets is at a premium especially that those defensive first basemen. And uh, uh, so, you know, when it comes to the 90 set, again, he's probably my, you know, my seventh position drafted when it comes to maybe the 60s or, uh, you know, the 60 set, even the 70 set. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to move up, the, move up the ladder a little bit and, and try to get somebody a little bit early because those middle tier first basemen are hard to come by. Uh, because, I, again, when it comes to a 70 set, I'm not or a 60 set. I'm not a big fan of spending. $10 million on, on a, on a first baseman, unless it's an Albert Pujols in the 2000 set. So uh, it, it does matter, obviously for error, in my opinion. Yes. What about you, sir, Dave? 
Well, I think the first baseman may be more than any other position parallel the overall scoring in the game. You see the 60s, obviously a pitching deck, so you're not going to see too many first baseman. 90s, 2000s, steroid, all that stuff. I mean, your first baseman are all over the place, you know, uh, because of the offense of the game. Um, it's, it's pretty much relative to that. So as far as the old-timers, uh, I like the old-time uh, better. Jimmy Fox is my all-time favorite old-timer. <laughs> so uh-huh. I want to go to Sutlersville, Maryland. There's a statue of him. He's, he's, that's on my bucket list. Anyway, back to um, saying, yeah, the first the old first time, um, the old-timers are great because uh, they can run too. You know, those first bases, they weren't just logging around at one to one to eight. You know, a lot of them can run. And, and you know, back then they were probably better. Uh, you know, they had to be, they had to be played both ways better than they do now. More, it's a more specialized game now. So, um, but yeah, that's a, I would say the old timers I like better. But um, you know, as far as the, the it does, I think it parallels the offense in each era. First baseman too. Wow, that's a great, that's a great, interesting take there, Dave. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it like that about how that parallel. You know, I had kind of thought about the parallel to those catchers from the sixties, those benches and those baddies, and you're like, oh man, there's a lot of great hitting there. And, not quite as much, you know, at first base in comparison, but I, I think you really have a point there about how you can kind of follow along with the scoring trends of baseball with the with the power trends and the and the hitting trends at first base. That's a really interesting point there, Dave. Does anybody else have anything else they want to say about first baseman before we go? When it comes to first baseman, they're just I mean, I'm always I, I'm always a fan of telling people who might might you know some hidden gems out there, and, and I'd be remiss without adding the uh, Jose Offerman card in the '90s mystery set. It's his, and, and and that also goes to show how many players are actually available at first base. He's uh, shortstop first, a very bad shortstop at that, and a very bad uh, second baseman. But his he's a he's a first base. He's got a two e ten at first base, and if you hit the right card, he's your leadoff batter. He, he's gonna he's gonna be on base. At, you know, maybe a three eighty clip. He's gonna hit three hundred for you. He's gonna steal you twenty five bases. Uh, Jose Offerman is my go to first baseman. You know, or my my go to sleeper first baseman in that nineties mystery set. I'd be remiss without saying, giving him all the credit. He's he's won me quite a few few games. Yeah, very cool. Very cool, guys. Okay, so thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it that you could be in here with us today. Thanks for having us. Always always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Thank you. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports.
The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. Each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up. That is our show for you today. A big thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks to our roundtable, Sir Peter, Sir Charles, and Sir Dave. Our regular cast of characters, Andrew Burkham, Joaquin Lewis III, Carolyn Snyder, Jimmy Dees, and the music man, Jeff Texon. All the music you heard today was written and produced by Jeff. Tell us what you think about First Base, how you draft it, how you play it, leave us a message at our toll-free number, 855-888-0096, or find us on social media. We have a Twitter, check out our Facebook, or look up the website, www.strat-o-logy.com. And if you stick around today to the very end, there's a little extra treat. Hey, Jeff. Can you play us out? You got it, Jimmy James. Find us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast radio streaming service. Download the app. Makes it crazy easy to listen. See you next week. Same Strat time, same Strat channel. Did you stick around? Whenever anybody asks me about this show, I always tell them it's a labor of love. That we are just a bunch of guys having a great time together. And this being the holiday season, we wanted to share a little bit of that joy with you guys. So here are a few of the outtakes, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. I hope everyone is doing well. And I hope you guys enjoy this. Talk to you next week. And if you're hearing okay, us, cool. we're good. I hear you. 
Well, okay. I hear you, but then you go. I did have a whole bunch of people trying to lowball me. Somebody tried to like go, oh, Dale Barra for a closer. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I now I'm going to laugh at him. Because <laughs> you didn't say anything. Hey. <laughs> uh, Forty points below is average, but I've got a couple guys batting forty points above. Right, and that's the thing with me. Uh, Ken Herbeck's hitting one twenty-seven, a solid one twenty-seven. But uh, he, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has a three hundred hitting card, so he's like one minute. We ain't stressing. He had two screens up. Did you did you have two? So, so real quick, what do you think of the 89 set? It looks like a lot of fun. Is that new? And I'm having fun with the 82 set. By the way, are we allowed to eat during this podcast like the Timothy is doing right now? You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I'm really hungry. All right, let's try this. <laughs> All right, let's try it. Did you mute us? Turn the recording off and start from scratch. That's no, like... I'll just edit this first All right, part out. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> Apple Jacks. It's all good. It's, it's... It'll be all right. You have to change your mindset in this game compared to, you know, the other, like the mystery card deck and everything. And you look very professional, by the way, with that big round thing. Round thing? Oh, this? Oh, uh, right. okay. Yeah. All right, let's, here we let's go. Do it, okay. it makes it so I don't have to take out as many <gasps> breaths. <laughs> All right, let's do this quick before Peter lose Peter again. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think so. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We are here on Strat Chat. I am. Let's start me. Let me start that again. We are here on Strat Chat today. With me is Sir Peter. Hey there. How are you, Sir Dave? Damn. How you doing today? And Sir Charles. Looking forward to the show, James. Hey, thank you. I am... Let's start me... Let me start that again. We both lost each other. Too bad that can't come across sound-wise. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> Wait, did you hear this that? This is great, man. Oh. A seven-second delay between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, that's Are crazy. You... It's like oh, you're talking to yourself. 
uh, uh, somebody like, uh, oh, who was that? Who did I play this year? Uh, that I can't think of. Um, oh my gosh. I saw your team. You had a, an entire all one infield, I believe. Yeah, oh, dude, I cannot believe. I, I just can't. I keep. I keep wanting to say a, a different person. Um, I keep wanting to say George Scott. And it wasn't George Scott. It was. I'll edit that out. This is great radio. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's why it's good. That's why I'm good. We're still in the editing it, editing it out stage. <laughs> <laughs> Because I cannot believe I can't think of this guy's name. Oh my Where's God, your, produ- he's a, your producer? He's an awesome one. After this, good segment, guys. Watch sure they do. Strike that. You can edit that out. We call time out here. Yeah, all good. guy thank you guys i really appreciate it that you could be in here with us today guys just say whatever (laughs) we usually been doing this one all all the the interesting thing is it's a 26 team set that we busted into 2014 And if you're hearing okay, us, cool. we're good. I hear you. Okay. Well, I hear you, but then you go. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. Each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up.
You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network.